Will you stand with me this morning and turn your Bible to First Chronicle 28, verse 9. First Chronicles 28, verse number 9. Again, it is so wonderful to see all of you. Thank you for coming and worshiping the Lord with us um, and setting the order for the new year that is upon us. Hallelujah. First Chronicles 28, verse 9. Help me, Jesus. Hallelujah. When you're there, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Verse number nine in First Chronicles chapter 28, verse number nine says, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the Lord of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Be strong and do it. Just a little insight there that you will probably not pick up just by looking at it. From the very beginning, all God desire was for the people he created was to be with them. From the very beginning of time, all God's desire was to be with the people he created and have a relationship with them. That's all he desired. And so back in the Old Testament, he started blazing the trail of what was to come. And back in the Old Testament, they would make tents that you can pop up and the people of God will meet there and God will meet them. The cloud will come into the pop-up tent. Then time went on and Solomon built the temple where they could meet God again. Today, if you look in 1 Peter 2 and 5, it talked about us now being that temple which are called lively stones. So God was calling Solomon back then to build a temple made with hands for people to go in and worship. Today, God is saying, I've built the temple not made with hands, but by God where people should worship. And so... David was telling Solomon what to do back then, and the same thing is requiring of us today. Let's look at John chapter 17, verse 3. John 17, verse 3 says this, just one verse. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou has sent. I would tell you, it, it should read more like this in the translation. You might lose something there. And here is what it should read. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, even Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is God, it, it, it can't separate it. It's just telling you, God, who is Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And so today I am going to preach to you or I'm going to speak to you and let you listen to the conversation that I had with the Lord on this topic. That I may know him. That I may know him. Will you be seated please? The world never changes. Throughout 2017, I found myself paying close attention, examining world occurrences, events, holidays, and even my own daily routines, asking the question, what does this mean? What should I be doing? So I have spent a lot of time, just in my own personal time, just looking. Everything that happened, I'm reading, and I'm, and I'm just 
paying close attention and examining what does this all mean? You pay close attention and you will notice everything just seems repetitive, even in crime. If someone uses a car to drive over people, somewhere, somehow, somebody else is doing it. If someone go and shoot up this place, somewhere, somehow, somebody's going to shoot up another place. Things are repetitive. Things are routine. And things are mundane. Other than our convenience, I am not sure if there's much that we have to look forward to. We know things are changing. We know that different things are occurring in our world, but those things that are occurring is just for our convenience. Nothing is really changing. The concepts are still the same, but things are getting more convenient for us. No matter what great thing we may do or accomplish, after we have done them, it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Hmm. With social media, nothing seems impossible to accomplish anymore. Many of us used to aspire to live like the Joneses or to be like the Joneses. I don't know if some of you young people know what that means, but the Joneses were rich people. And so some of us, when we were young, we talked about we want to be like the Joneses. And so many people want to be like the Joneses. That's what we used to think. And we, we wanted to have this and to have that, just like the Joneses. Well, can I tell you today, many of us are living like the Joneses. We may not be the Joneses, but we're living like the Joneses because whatever you really want, you figure out a way to get it in this day and age. Hmm. So what will 2018 be like for you? The same old, same old? Listen, the seasons don't change. There will still be winter, spring, summer, and fall. Nature is not changing. It's still going to rain, still going to snow, wind, hurricane, storm. All of those things will still be the same. It won't change. People will continue to die. People will continue to be born. Most people will not change because nature doesn't really change. And so nature affects us whether we know it or not. So we come to the place where we don't really change either. We have a new year before us and it will consist of many of the same things reoccurring. What kind of year will it be for you? The same old, same old, repeating the same things you did last year? Will you continue to do the same old, same old? People usually don't change. We are creatures of habit. As a matter of fact, we usually gravitate towards doing what we've always done. We don't like changes. And as soon as change comes, or is about to come, we struggle with it, we fight it, we push back at it. We don't like change, we like things to always be the same. As a matter of fact, we want everything to always be how it's always been. I am certain 2017 was not as successful and productive as you would have liked it to be. So what will 2018 be for you? Will the end come of 2018 and you're still saying the same thing? Well, wasn't as good as I thought it could have been. Well, didn't really do anything. Didn't really accomplish anything much. I'm not suggesting today that you make a New Year's resolution. Just asking some questions. Are you making preparation to change? To experience a new life? 
to experience more success and be more productive and more accomplished in this coming year. If we don't prepare, it will not happen. We tend to just sit back, especially Christians, and we don't say it this way, but it's like we're asking God to just do some stuff and we'll just wait for him to do some stuff. And that's how things will be. So we sit back, no preparation, no action, no nothing, but God will take care of it. It's not how it works, church. God do God things and people do people things. God do God things and people do people things. That might not be politically correct, but here is what I'm saying. God does what he's responsible to do, and we have to do what we are responsible to do. The text, the opening text that we read, King David told his son Solomon. Solomon was heir to David's throne. David was king of Israel. Solomon was going to be the next king. And so... David told Solomon to know God and serve him with all your heart and with a willing mind. King David, who knew God intimately. King David, who experienced God's punishment when he messed up. King David, who experienced God's glory. King David, who watched God protected and defending him. King David, who is called a man after God's own heart. He told his son, know God. Serve him with all your heart and with a willing mind. Can I tell you this? We all like to go to some person that we think is really smart. And we like to talk to people. But if, if all of us had the choice to, 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 to talk to somebody really smart that seems to know a lot, you know, it, it, I, what I'm saying I know is, is true because Oprah Winfrey and Dr. Phil are billionaires. Because we always want to go talk to the expert. I need someone to tell me something. We're always seeking for the expert, Brother D, to tell us. Something that's going to change something. Well, I don't know if there's any expert walking on earth today that knew God like David knew God. And so David is an expert above the experts that we know today. David can give you answers about the Lord because of his experiences with God. And he told his boy that was going to take the throne, heir to the throne, he says, No God, serve him with all your heart and with a willing mind. Here is the statement I'm going to make to you today that will take us through this conversation. The absolute guaranteed way of changing your life for the better or to experience a brand new life is to know God. Uh, if your life, if you want to guarantee change and newness in your life, the absolute guaranteed way is to know God. All right, let me just tell you this. If the world never changes and it stays the same, if we are of the world, how are we going to experience anything different? Stop and let me slow it down. The world is never changing. It's always the same. We just show things in a different way, but it's still the same because the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So it might look different, but it's the same thing. So if the world never changes and I'm a part of the world, am I going to change? Am I going to experience anything new? Not really. It's just camouflage in a different light. But here is the question. How much do you know God? Have you experienced everything about God? 
I'm probably going to venture to say, if you're 21 years old, 25 years old, uh, with social media, you have probably experienced most of what this world has to offer because of social media. Some of us never knew what other parts of the world looked like, but we now know because of social media. Social media has made our world smaller, not literally, but you know what I mean, because now we're traveling everywhere. We're experiencing a lot of things. So really, if you are with it and you are 25 or older, you pretty much have an idea what this world has to offer. So if you stick with this world, just know there is no change coming to your life. If you stick with this world, just understand there is no newness coming to your life. It may be camouflaged like there's some change. It may be camouflaged like there's some newness coming. But I'm hating to break the news to you. It will still be the same after a couple of weeks, after a couple of months. Because this world is always going to be what it is. The Bible says, we don't know everything about Jesus right now. We know in part. That's those of us that know him. We know in part. Eventually, when that day comes, we will know him totally and completely. So you know what that means? For as long as we live in, we will never know everything about God, which means if you keep on seeking to know him, it will be an adventure. It won't be something that becomes repetitious. It won't be something that is mundane. It won't be something that is just the same thing over and over again. You might have to do some of the same things over and over again, but the experience will become different. The experience will take you into deeper places with God. To know God is the only way we will only guaranteed change. Y'all quiet on me today. One cannot come to know God and not change or experience newness of life. Hmm. All right. Two or three. Mm -hmm. When you know who he is, what he has done, what he's doing, and what he can do, change will just happen. It won't be the same old, same old. Change will happen when you come to know God. Let me let, let, me let you into something, because maybe you're still trying to figure out if I'm saying the right thing. There's a few of you. There's a few of you, me included. I started going to church, and I started knowing God just a tad bit. And when I started knowing God just a tad bit, I stopped partying. When I started knowing God just a little bit, I stopped drinking liquor. When I started knowing God just a little bit, I started having a little bit more respect for myself. When I started knowing God just a little bit, I started living life differently and treating people differently. Because I had come to a place where I started knowing who he is. And that changed my life just a tad bit. So I'm telling you, you can't know God and not experience change. You can't know God and change is not occurring in your life change has to occur if you know God. Now, here is something that I must tell you. Because some of us started knowing God just a tad bit, some change came. And we never pursued to know him a little bit more. We knew him just a tad bit. And we looked and said, whoa, this is different. My life has changed. Something is going on. God is doing something. But we just stopped right there. And all we knew was just that little bit. And after a while, that little bit, you start taking for granted. 
And you don't see him the way you need to see him anymore. Because now you're just glad that, okay, drinking wasn't good for me anyway, so let me stop doing that. Smoking wasn't good for me anyway, so let me stop. And the little things that started happening in your life, you were just settled with that. You knew God just a little bit. And so a little bit of change came. And so what we're struggling with is many of us started knowing God just a little bit and stopped right where we knew him. Left it there. And so that's why we're struggling today. We find ourselves walking away from God and it's because we only knew just a little bit and we took him for granted. Now let me let you in on another area of this. There are some people, they never knew God at all. They came to church and they just started conforming to what they saw most of the people doing. Conforming is not change. Conforming doesn't produce newness of life. Conforming doesn't do anything but just become like some new chores like you have at home. And so just like you can stop your chores at home, once you conform, you can stop those chores that you were doing for God. So whether we knew him just a little or we didn't know him at all, we know why we're struggling to experience a closer relationship. We know why we're struggling to know him like he desired for us to know who he is. If you're going to experience change in your life in 2018, God wants you to know. The way to experience that. If you're going to experience newness in your life, God wants you to know the way to experience that is to begin to seek to know him. If you want the life that you're living to be the same old, same old, you want it to be repetitious, you want it to be mundane, you want it to be boring, you want it to be the same old, same old, then you don't have to worry about God because it will be the same old, same old. But if you will make up in your mind and say, Jesus, I've heard your word. I, I can see clearly now what it means. And God, I'm going to do everything I can with all my heart and all my mind to know who you are because I'm tired of the same old, same old. I'm tired of everything being routine and mundane. I'm tired that I'm hearing about your miracles and your power and about your great church and I'm not experiencing what I've heard. I want to experience it for myself. Uh, that I may know him. I'm going to experience change. I need to know him. When, when David tell his son about knowing God, he's not talking about just having intellectual head knowledge of God. Some of us are coming to church and you hear a little bit of who God is, little head knowledge. And, and, and we consider, so we think we know because we got a little bit of head knowledge. And the head knowledge is what we're holding on to and claiming to know him. But when David said, uh, you need to know God, Solomon, uh, he wasn't talking about intellectual head knowledge. Uh, he is talking about uh, a real experience with God, uh, a real intimate relationship with God, uh, a real experience uh, of being with God, uh, of being in God's presence. Uh, he's talking about a real encounter with God, not some intellectual knowledge of God. Nobody was smarter than Solomon. The Bible says Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. So he had knowledge. He didn't need more knowledge. Oh, somebody help me this morning. He had knowledge just like today. We have Google. We have all the information that we need. So we have all the knowledge. So knowing God is not about getting some intellectual knowledge of him. You go to seminary schools. Man, them dudes can teach you under the table. But they don't know God. You can go to all these Bible colleges that are secular pretty much. They're secular Bible colleges. You can go to them and you'll realize they just have intellectual knowledge. You're wondering why you're hearing certain preachers and you're hearing certain Bible schools telling you certain things and you're saying, but I learned something different at Christ Center Church. And you're wondering, and you may be challenged, is it the pastor at Christ Center Church or is it this, this guy that I'm watching on TV? Who is right? Well, let me tell you, most of the people you're watching on TV, it ain't no... 
experience of knowing God. It's the study of intellectual information that they're spitting out to you. But their life of having a real experience, their life of possessing an intimate walk with God, experimental acquaintance with God, they don't have it. You need a personal experience and acquaintance with God. That's what we need. That's how we're going to know him. In the Garden of Eden, he came, God came to David and came to uh, Adam and says, Adam! Where art thou? We know God knows everything and see everything. So how can he be asking Adam? Where are, you know where Adam is, God. No, that's one of those kids, the kid, one of those lines the kids would say. Why are you asking that, Dad, when you already know? Adam could have said that. Lord, why are you asking me where am I? You know where I'm at. Come on now, you know everything. You see everything. But what he was saying is that intimacy, that acquaintance, that 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 time of of, of just sitting together and conversing, that is not available. You're not there. You're, you're, you're not with me. You're not sitting with me. You're not in my presence. You've gone away from me. And Adam, I'm calling for you. That's the kind of knowing God that God is looking for. He don't want you just to stay afar and say, hey, how you doing there, God? He wants you to get up in his grill. He wants you to get in his presence. He wants you to be at his feet, at his altar because he wants to know you intimately and you know him intimately. Remember, 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 remember Lord, Lord did not prophesy in your name. Lord, Lord did not cast out demons in your name. And the Lord will respond and say depart from me for I never knew you. It is not so much the works that you do that say you know God. It is the time you spend with him. It is the acquaintanceship that you give and come aboard with and seek him. It's about you touching him and you encountering him. That's the know he wants. He don't care if you ever lay hands on somebody and they ever get healed. What he care about is you being in his face. You knowing him. You're not going to change if you don't seek to know God. You won't change. 2018 Hopefully we'll be at another building and you'll be saying the same thing about 2018 that you did 2017 because you didn't decide to know God. It's only if you come to know God. If we don't know God, we're not going to experience newness of life. We're not going to experience change. We have to be in God's presence. Uh, I don't know about you. Remember I tell you, I, I, I like the adventure of knowing the Lord and seeking God. But I, I don't like to come to church. Uh, I don't know about you. I'm going to mess with you today. Because I'm just not here for anything but to get God's will done. And I don't know about you. I don't, I don't want, I, I'm not comfortable coming to church and just sitting. Just, just, I am, I, when I come to church, I'm tapping my feet. I'm, I, I need something to happen. I need to experience God's presence. And the preacher can preach. And he can preach. And he can preach. And I'm hearing and I'm receiving. But more importantly, I need to pray of God. And if I feel like the presence of God is not moving among the people and among myself, I've got to do something. Whether I start praying in my mind, or I start lifting my hand, or I start doing something, I start walking back and forth, and I start doing something, I need something from God. I need the presence of God. I'm not satisfied just getting some information. I'm not satisfied just hearing the word I need the presence of God to overshadow me I need to encounter him I need to experience him this is why I try to make every church service 
I try to go to every church service because I don't know which one I'm going to really be overwhelmed. Which one I'm going to be consumed by his presence because I want to be consumed by it like water being underwater. I want his presence that way like I am underwater. I want to be consumed by his presence totally. I want to commune with him completely. I want to experience him in a deep way. I'm not coming to church and just sit around. I'm not wasting my time. I need to know God because if I don't, it won't work. I was talking to my barber yesterday. He probably listened to this. I don't know if he's listening. <laughs> but if he's listening, he's going to hear the secret. Here's the secret. When God called me to start Christ in a church... I used to go to Brother Greenfield to get my hair cut. And Brother Greenfield, tremendous guy. I love him. I always say Brother Greenfield, Brother Church, and some of those other men, they're just real Christians, you know, just solid men of God. But God had put in my heart to get another barber and not Brother Greenfield anymore. And that hurt me a little bit. I'm like, man, Greenfield, my man. I want to be with Greenfield. But, but God... Almost like he was saying, I'm doing a new thing. And I need you to reach that barber. I need you to go reach jazz. And I know it was going to be a challenge. But you know what? I've been going to jazz. And every once in a while, God allowed opportunity for us to discuss religion openly or discuss the word of God openly. And yesterday, we got in an area that he started understanding. God had moved on jazz life. But here is what used to happen with jazz. Jazz used to just go to church and watch the tradition and the religiosity and say, man, I don't want that. Why they got this ruling? Why they got that rule and all that stuff? And yesterday there was just an open door and the Holy Ghost just helped me. I said, Jazz, you had a problem with church because you went and sat around in church and you watched everything and you saw all the flaws and all the faults. He said, what do you mean? I said, Jazz, God made you to be a doer. I said, you didn't open this barbershop because you lazy, because you had no drive and no motivation. I said, you open this barbershop because you are a doer. You're a getting it done kind of guy. You are motivated to see things happen. You're motivated to help people because all the people that come to the barbershop, he's always talking to them positively. And all. I said, Jazz, you was made to do something for God and you've been disappointed because you sat around and wait for others to do it and because you wouldn't do it, you was able to see all the faults and you were able to criticize but if you would have got involved jazz you would have been doing so wonderful and so great that you will see this and see that and say I don't like that I don't like that but it doesn't matter because look what I'm doing for the Lord that go for many of you in here today I don't always agree with everything and when you on any leadership team or you in any organization it is impossible for you to agree with every single thing. But what I will tell you is, I guarantee you, if you get involved and you start doing some stuff, you will say, yeah, I don't like that. But you know what? It'll be all right because here's what I'm doing and I see God doing something. Here's what I'm doing and I see things getting done and people's life being affected. But if we just come to church and look around, if we just come to church and wait on God, if we just come to church and don't seek to know God, we will not change. And we will stand around and sit around and criticize those that are doing and making mistakes. Why don't you get to know God? Lord, touch jazz right now. I know you're working on his heart, Lord God. Let not the enemy or no one hinder him from responding to his calling in the name of Jesus Christ. I know, Lord God, you chose him before the foundation of the world. And Lord, I don't know if anyone has ever told him, but you allow me to tell him that you have called him to the kingdom for such a time as this. And God, you've called him to be a part of what you're doing and not be a spectator. So I pray today, God, he will be released to be in the house of God and to do the work of God and not be a spectator. Lord, move on him. Lord, reach him. Lord, give him direction in Jesus' name. That I may know him. That I may know him. I can't settle with just coming. 
I can't settle with just listening. I need God to stir my soul. Oh God, I need to stir my soul. I came into prayer yesterday and I started out praying and man, I get so dogmatic sometimes of how badly I want to feel him, of how badly I want his presence to overshadow me. And when I start praying, I'm not stopping until I feel the touch of his hand. I can't stop praying until I feel the moving of the Holy Ghost. I can't stop praying until God's presence overwhelms me. I need his presence in my life. Not just to say I know. I know he said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. But I need to feel him. I need to sense him. Just like he said, Adam, where are you? He meant he didn't feel Adam. And since he need to feel us, I want to feel him. Uh-huh. God want to feel you and if he want to feel you don't you want to feel him don't you want to go and say God is with me and it doesn't matter what anybody says or think God is with me I want to feel him I want to feel him I want to have a real experience with him I want to have an acquaintance with him I want to know what he's doing. I'm telling you right now that you may know him. That's what you want to seek after for 2018. I'm trying to tell you ahead of time so you don't get frustrated. So when the problems come, you don't focus on them. Some people, if you know me well, you might feel like, man, he just don't care about too much. Is he, is he reckless or careless? Or is it because he just has so much confidence in God? I have a whole lot of confidence in him. And so when stuff is happening, I hear stuff, I say, it'll be all right. I never take anything real heavy. Because if I'm walking with Christ, I can't. I can't get so bogged down. Uh, do things happen and I get for a moment there? I got to deal with it emotionally and mentally? Yeah, but it don't stay long because I know who he is. I don't know everything about him, but I am seeking to know him in 2018 in a deeper way. I'm seeking to know him in 2018 in a much intimate way. I need to know more. I need to understand more. I need to know what to do because he is teaching me and instructing me on what to do that I may know him. I don't want to have to guess what God is doing. I want to know what God is doing. Listen to this. I'm getting there. I'm almost done. God tells his servants secrets. Foxy, when you're not hearing from God, any one of you, when you're not hearing from God, ask yourself, am I a servant? Because why wouldn't he be telling me? Why don't I know? We got to look at the scriptures. Forget about um, your emotion. Remember, we have Noah. He told Noah before he told anybody, it's going to rain. It ain't never rained before, but it's going to rain. He didn't tell anybody. He told Noah, and Noah told the whole world. Preaching it everywhere he went. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. And the people was like, what is wrong with this crazy dude? What rain? What is that? Stuff get watered by just the mist springing up. What are they talking about? He is a crazy old man. And his poor kids, you know, our, you know, preacher kids, you know, they don't want to do the stuff you do, but you make them do it. So he made his sons and his daughters do it and his wife do it. I'm sure they're like, man, dad, you sure about this? Honey, you sure about this? And everybody questioning dad. I get that sometimes. Every once in a while, I got to act a little crazy in my house. Because I'm just dogmatic about God. I'm just a little pushy when it comes down to God. And, you know, sometimes I'm just like, we got to do this. And they're like, he's going a little crazy right now. But I'm just telling you, that's what a man of God has to do sometimes. And that's one of those ones I will take the heat from my family when I'm pushing the God thing. And they're kind of like, dad, is it that serious? I'm pushing the God thing. 
And they're going to be mad a little bit, but they'll get over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pascal looking the other way because she know her mom pushy. You better get some Christian friends. That's what her mom tells her. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mom. Yeah, you got to be a little pushy. Every once in a while, yeah, we got to do this. They don't like it, but they got to do this. And that's what Noah made his kids do and his wife do and his, his daughter-in-law. They had to do what he told them. But God tell his friends secrets. He tells his servants secrets. And if you want to know what God is doing, you need to make sure you are his servant. So listen to why I'm telling you that. After, after King David told Solomon, know God, he says, and serve him. How can you know God and not serve him? Mm -hmm. You can only effectively serve God if you know God. This is why we will have challenges in the church doing our part. I remember I was so crazy, you know. As I was leading the evangelism team, every Saturday when I'm going, I said, I don't care if anybody comes. Now, that might not be right thinking like that, Wayne. But that's, that was my way of saying nobody dictates how I serve God. Nobody going to make me have to, to figure out. And so what we, what we used to do, we meet, we pray, we read scriptures, and then we go out and knock on doors and pass out tracts. And guess what? Sometimes it was 30 of us. Sometimes it was four of us. It was times where just me and somebody else, but I was so dead set on, listen, if it's just me, I'm going because I know him and I was doing it for him. Unfortunately, people come to the church and the, all of the stories that we hear over the years and all the bad situations that occur and transpire in churches, because of those things, you come in skeptical. I don't know about no, doing no stuff in the church. You know what? You know what? Me, you want me to tell you what the issue is? It's not the church. You don't know God. I'm not trying to be mean, not trying to be rude, but if you come in skeptical and serving, it just means you don't know God yet. Let me say it nicer. You don't know God yet. But when you come to know him, you will go into the church and says, listen, what do I need to do? Because I got to do something. I know him. He's been so good to me. We heard testimonies this morning of how good God has been. We heard testimonies this morning that God has kept us. If you know that God has been good to you and God has kept you, what is wrong in saying, God, listen to me, God is not Brother Wood, sit right here. God is not here and we're coming and, um, you know, oh, God, we, you know, we're coming in the morning. And so we come through the door. We're coming. Yeah, I'm going to church. Oh, Jesus, you're here this morning. Oh, Jesus, I'm so glad. Here you go. Can I get you some water, Jesus? Uh, okay, let me get that for you. Hey, let's make sure we take care of Jesus so he is good. Let's get him. Hey, are you okay, Jesus? Is that chair good enough for you? Should we get a bigger throne and, and gold and stuff? Jesus, what do you need? Is he here for us to do that for him? That's what y'all acting like. I can't do nothing until Jesus is sitting there so I can go myself to him and give him something. I can go myself and shine his shoes. I can go myself shine his hair. I can go myself. That's what we acting like. We're acting like Jesus is sitting here on his throne. And because we need to go and do for him, if he's not sitting on his throne, then what's the sense of doing anything? Because I'm not, you know, that's how we do. Because we want credit. We want everybody to see us doing what we're doing. And so we start making out. I got to let everybody see me when I do my part for Jesus. That's why we're not serving God. You blame it on the church. And because you can't, you, you, you know, he's not here to physically give you the credit. Listen to me. My life has been blessed. I'm at the place in my life right now where I don't want nothing else. I don't have a, I'm not telling you I have a lot, but this is what I've learned in life. Whatever you are satisfied with, that's a lot. Uh, you just got to be satisfied. And I'm satisfied with what I have. I, I, I don't need 
anything but Jesus. And I don't want anything because at the end of the day, I just get tired. I've learned in life. I'm not, I haven't been living a long time. 49 years counting that I've been living. And all I know is this. As soon as I accomplish something that I think I had to do, as soon as I get something I think I had to get, I'm like, really? So I'm done with this stuff. All I want is to know him in a more intimate way. Because all of this stuff, what is my job and what I have, my stuff. And even with your kids and your spouse and, you know, you can't do but so much. They have to still decide what they want to do. All you can do is be an example to them. So really, at the end of the day, what are we trying to get accomplished? What are we allowing uh, to, to transpire in our life? What are we trying to obtain? What is this all about? What are we trying to get done? What are we waiting on? Why can't we just say, God, if you have given me trinkets of blessings while I've just been nonchalant and barely know you, what would it be like to really know you and follow after you? Church, in a few hours, it's 2018. And God is calling us. I've been saying this for a little bit in this church. In the kingdom of God, forget about the world. In the kingdom of God, we're getting ready to see unprecedented moves of God's power and God's spirit. Unprecedented move in God's kingdom. Forget about this world. What this world is doing don't affect anything of what God is doing. Don't you ever make a mistake in thinking, oh man, what's going on? The things that's going on in this world don't determine that God is coming back next week. You know how sometimes we see certain tragedy and we see certain things and we're like, uh-oh, this must be the end. has nothing to do with it. God already set the end and he's coming back when he's coming back. None of us know. And the Bible says... When we start see peace and peace and then there'll be sudden destruction, you never know when God is coming back. We keep thinking we have an idea when he's coming back. We don't know when he's coming back. And we can't gauge when he's coming back. But if you know him, you will have an understanding because he will begin to put it in your heart. Noah knew when it was going to rain because Noah knew God and Noah was serving God. You want to know the things of God? You need to know God and serve God. I should have just let you stay there and did that for Ash. She so don't have to turn to the side messing with y'all. <laughs> that I may know him. I'm getting ready to finish up here and just take it on home. Listen, God, the ways or should I say the way of God brings about newness and change. I know God changes not. Don't get that twisted. God don't change who he is. But if you get into God and you begin to learn about him and you begin to experience God, you will begin to change and you will begin to experience new things. Tired of that boring mundane life? Let me say this. The era that we have kind of pulled out of and moving into the new era, the way how we used to behave back in the day is people wanted the preacher to tell them everything. People wanted the preacher to give guidance to their life. People were so submissive to the preacher the leadership that they would just blindly follow. That's, that's, that's what we were accustomed to some years back. The preacher, some preacher, might have abused that authority that people had given him or given her. And so the generation that we, that was leading, they were just used to controlling, telling you what to do. You can't do anything unless they tell you. That's just how it was. No need to criticize it because here's what I know with God. God allows certain leadership to raise up in every different generation. 
And back then, that's what you needed. Back then, you needed that strong hand. Y'all don't understand that, young people, so don't even try to judge what I'm saying. Back then, you needed the strong hand of a man of God to say, you don't need to be doing that. Go do that. Go do this. Stop doing this. That's what you needed back then. But we're moving out of that time. And now we're moving into a different era. And the era that we're moving in is God realized that we have the opportunity to know him more for ourselves. And so what he's doing with the leadership in his church, we call it uh, uh, servant leadership. We call it uh, team leadership. And, and so here is where you're going to be challenged in case you don't know this. God is going to allow you opportunities to fulfill his purpose in your life. And the question will be, will you just sit around and do nothing about it? Will you sit around and be like, well, the pastor didn't tell me. Will you blame me for something? The door is open right now for God to appoint you. For God to send you. For God to direct you. And so stop talking about the, the, the days of the past. Because the days of the past, we have moved away from them. And now we're moving into different days where now you need to commune with God. You need to know God. And you need to hear what God is saying. And what God will do, he will instruct you. And he will make sure the leadership understands what he's doing. So when you come, I'm going to say, run with it, brother. Run with it, sister. Here is what you need. If you if you need this, I will make sure you have it. But I don't have time. God don't have time to babysit like he used to. Back then, we probably wouldn't as educated we didn't have this much information and knowledge and so you needed a stronger hand and more guidance but I'm telling you right now God has opened the door and God will equip you to do what needs to be done you gotta run with it God wants to do something in you but you gotta run with it God is tired of waiting on you and he's telling me to sound the alarm today the alarm you need to know him because if you know him you will wake up and you'll say Oh, God visited me in a dream, and I'm telling you, he has spoken into my heart, and this is what he's telling me, and you will go with it. We think only the prophets, we think only the apostles, we think only the evangelists, and all these people we read about in the Bible, we think they're the only ones that God could use, but I'm telling you, this is the modern day Bible age, will you know him so he can work in your life? What are we waiting on? You got to know him. And so, coming to a close. Coming to a close. You can't know God by doing nothing. You can't know God by doing nothing. <laughs> Wife, I thought about something as, as the conversation was going on. So listen to this. The other day, my daughter needed some tights. Some special kind of tights. I don't even remember what, what the, but some special kind of tights. So my wife said to me, I've gone three places and I haven't found those tights. I said, well, just go to this other place. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go there. She went four places to find one pair of tights. Start thinking about when we go to shop for outfits we go to the store. We still got to locate where the outfit is. Then when we find the outfit, we got to find our size. Then we look at the size and say, I wonder if this fit. So we got to go in the dressing room and put it on and see if it fit. You seeked out that outfit. You seeked out that those tights are painting. We do so many things in our life that we're seeking things out. What are you going to tell Jesus? What are you going to tell Jesus? I don't know how to seek you. I don't know how to get that. What are you going to tell him? For a pair of tights. Four different stores. For a pocketbook. Pair of shoes. Outfit to wear going out. You went all over the world for that thing. And when you got there, you're like, I wanted this fit. It don't look the same like when I saw it online. Let me try it on. You did all that. What are we going to tell Jesus about seeking him? 
Oh God, I didn't know how to seek you. He said, just like how you went to seek those pair of shoes, seek me. Just like how you went to go seek that outfit, seek me. You think you can't know him because you don't know how to seek him. And God is wanting you to know, just like how you do your regular stuff. God didn't make this thing hard for us. God put it in our grasp. What he did was, he let the things of the kingdom be similar to the things of nature. So, the normal way of how you live, God has allowed the things of the kingdom to resemble it so you will have identity, familiarity with how you do things. Finally, in John chapter 17, verse 3, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, even Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Finally, when you know him, eternal life is a guarantee. Look at the word. Don't look at me. Look, look, look read it. And this is life eternal. That they might know thee, the only. And this is life eternal. That's how it started out. This is how you have eternal life. All of us been figuring out the wrong way to get eternal life. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to give my tithes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We're figuring out how to get eternal life. And he just told us, know him. That's eternal life. Because when you come to know him, you already live it in eternity. Because he don't operate in time. God is outside of time. So when you begin to know him, you already experience an eternal life. It's just a matter of when he come to catch us away or, and, and then we get to be in heaven. But the bottom line is, knowing him is the guarantee eternal life. Now, Finally, I keep saying finally, right? First John, first John, this, this is going to hurt you a little bit. First John chapter two. And hereby we know that we know him. How do you know you know God? Ooh. So, if eternal life comes from knowing God, and the proof of knowing God is obeying His commandments, where are you? What's going on right now? You getting this thing? You getting this clearly? Listen. Don't you ever let embarrassment or pride get in the way of this. Embarrassment or pride can mess with you on some different fronts. That's just us as human. Don't you ever let embarrassment and pride mess with you in this. This is the thing that you can't afford to trick yourself about or lie to yourself about. This is the thing where when you know it, you got to speak it to yourself. Yeah, you got to get that part right. Because this is not stuff that you can correct once you leave this earth. You can't correct this when you leave here. You can't correct this. You have to do it right or you're in a whole lot of trouble. So he says, and hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Verse 4 says, he that said, I know him and keep it not his commandment. What does it say, Pascal? Ooh. What else does it say? Okay. 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 I promise you I'll preach some really pretty messages in 2018. <laughs> but here is how God does it, in case you don't know. I love people, and I'm a people pleaser. If it was up to me, I'd come here every Sunday and tell you how good God is and tell you what God's going to do and all that stuff. Because I just love people, and I want you to always be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not what God, I'm, I'm, I'm serving him. I'm not serving myself. And so whatever he gave me to preach, that's what I preach. 
And if he, if this is what's being preached, it means this is what you need to hear. And the good news is we can all, since we're all in this room, he's talking to all of us. So just tap somebody next to you and say, he's talking to you. Well, tap somebody else and say, he's talking to you too. Don't be trying to tell me he's just talking to me. He's talking to you too. So he's talking to all of us. Nobody is exempt. Every one of us that is in this room, this message is for us. That we need to know God. And stop playing around. And stop just going to church. And stop being religious. And stop acting like you're a Christian when you're not. And stop acting like everything is all good when it's not. He's talking to us to know Him. Will you stand with me? The Apostle Paul, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the famous quote, he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made comfortable unto his death. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, this dude wrote more than half the New Testament, and that's what he wrote, that I may know him. Who do we think we are? David told his son, King David, who 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 just uh, just knew God. He told his son, "You better know him." So all these people that we read about, they're speaking the same message. We need to know God because if we ever know Him, it's what changes everything. We're looking for change in the wrong places. We're looking for change the wrong way. The only way change comes. Is when we know him. I've watched my life. And Lord knows that there's been a great change. From 22 years ago to now. But I still need to change some more. And if I get comfortable. And content with where I am. And not seek God to know him deeper. And more intimate. Then I'm going to stay right here. And I won't change. And that's what's plaguing a lot of us. Is we just know just a tad bit. And which means we only changed a tad bit. And we're getting frustrated with life when really what it come down to, you only knew him just a little bit and you ran like you knew him a whole lot. Because when you know God, you're going to want to be with God. When you know God, you will obey God. That I may know him. That's what we need to seek in all of 2018. Trust me, it's not enough days in 2018 for you to come to really know him. But it's enough days for you to know him enough that change will come to your life. You can't know him and keep grudges. You can't know him and keep grudges. You can't know him and not treat people right. You can't know him and not forgive people. You can't know him and not love people. You can't know him and just come to church whenever you want. You know, when I first started Christ in the church, I said, I don't want to be telling people to come to church. I, I, I detest telling people that. I don't like telling you that. That's me. That's a me issue. But, but God don't care about that. God will tell you that. And so when you hear me say it, it's God making me say it. But what I know is this. We have to know him. And when we know him, it will compel us to do things that we don't even want to do. This morning, my son woke up. Dad, I'm tired. I don't feel like going to church. I said, I'm tired. I don't feel like going to church either. <laughs> don't mess with me because I'm straight up. Oh, he, he didn't know what to say anymore. He didn't know what else to say, Bob. Because if he thinks that dad wake up every day, let's go to church and worship. No, I wake up tired just like you. Yeah, I don't feel like praying sometimes just like you. Yeah, sometimes I don't feel like fasting just like you. But I preached about it a couple of weeks ago. You got to will yourself to do these things because you know him. I know him. So I push myself when I don't feel like it. I know him, so I do what I'm supposed to do, not because I always want to do. And that's what God is asking us to do. Why don't we take five minutes? 
we'll be out of here in five minutes. Take five minutes to talk to God about you knowing Him. You want to know Him. That is your, that is your motto. That is, that is everything to you going into 2018 is that you are going to seek to know God. Forget about everything else. Seek to know God. Father, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we need you now. Your word has gone forth. Your word, Lord God, has been spoken in this atmosphere and in the hearing of your people. God, we don't understand. Sometimes, Lord God, we're so far off and not knowing what's going on and not checking in with you and and, and making sure, Lord God, we are linked up with you. That, Lord, before we know it, things are going to overtake us. I pray that somebody will realize how desperate they need to know you. God, I want to know you more. God, I don't want to take hours and minutes seeking you. I want to know you so well that I'm walking according to your purpose. I want to be in locked steps with you, Lord God. I want to be in conversation with you continually, Lord God. I want to know you. I want to know to the point, Lord God, where I can do what I know please you. You won't have to open your mouth. You won't have to speak. I will just know what to do. Ah. God, that's the place where I want to be. Where I know you. Where I know all of what you're requiring. Know all of what you're telling me. Know all of what you require of me. Father, in the name of Jesus, move on your people. Let them know how much you love them. I pray that the power of the Holy Ghost will overshadow us as a people. That the power of the Holy Ghost will constrain us as a people. That, Lord God, we will begin to do what needs to be done to know you. God, change our routines. Begin to speak to